Well, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 5. And we're beginning this morning a study we're calling hard passages. We're going to look at passages from God's Word that are hard. Whoops, I knew there was something. I forgot my clicker. Got it. You got to have a clicker. Say, I've been gone, so I forget everything. I just hope I know who I am. But anyway, let me remind you of this. We're going to look at some hard passages. We're going to look over the time. We're going to look at Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10, James chapter 2. We're going to look at falling away passages. We're going to look at a bunch of different places, Acts chapter 2. And, and if you have a passage that you've thought about, uh, in the past, that you thought, well, this is kind of a hard passage, or this passage looks like it's saying something like this. Write it down and just get it to me. You can email me, text me, hand it to me in a piece of paper, just anything, and I'll start looking at it, and we may put it into the study because we have a lot of freedom on what we, we talk about. So if you have what you consider a hard passage, and it may be you give me a passage, I say, oh, we're going to do that one, don't worry. So, But give me some that if you've, if you've got uh, something like that. Uh, as we study God's Word, we know we are saved by grace through faith, and then when we trust Christ, we're saved forever. When we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, we're saved forever. We see some passages that look like one must do works for salvation, or some passages that look like a person could lose their salvation. There are some passages that look like that. And some people go, well, doesn't this say that somebody could lose their salvation? Or somebody, doesn't this say that you've got to do good works or keep on doing good works or something? But the truth is, we want to rightly divide the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed. Handling accurately the Word of God. So our goal is to handle accurately the Word of God. We're going to look at the passages. We're going to look at them in the context. And this morning, we're going to just get some, some big ideas, what I call the introduction. We're just looking at the introduction and some issues so we can see how they fit together. Then next week we'll actually start going through uh, some of these hard passages and we'll see how they fit together. But let me, let me give you a little background. John Newton, most of you know who John Newton was. He was a scoundrel. He was. He, he lost his mother at age six. He went to sea when he was 11. He became a rebellious teenager. He was flogged in the Navy for desertion. He was involved in the African slave trade and then something happened. In March of 1784, he was on board a cargo ship. It was a big storm hit, tossed back and down. He was frozen. He was worn out. He called out to God for mercy, and he said, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is my Savior, and I'm believing in him that he would get me to heaven. Or he, he didn't, and the storm ended right then. And he said, he said I'm gonna, I'm, I believe in Christ for life. And at the age of 39, he came off the sea and became a pastor, a minister. And he wrote a famous song called Amazing Grace, Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And what we need to understand is that God always deals with us in grace. That's how he deals with us. Our salvation is by grace. Our Christian life is by grace. The whole future is by grace. And so we want to think about some issues, the salvation issue and the eternal life issue and all of those kind of things. I want to start with just a very famous passage. Look at this. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That passage says, it is by the grace of God that we are saved, and it actually says, have been saved. It's in the Greek language, there's a tense that has something in the past that continues on forever. And he says, for by grace you have been saved in the past, and it carries on forever. So that verse actually says, when you're saved, you're saved forever. It says, for by grace you have been saved through Faith, taking God at his word, being persuaded something is true. And, and not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. I mean, I love that whole idea that it's a gift. 
And so as we study hard passages, we want to keep going back. Uh, even difficult passages, we want to go back to the grace of God, see how things fit together. So as we start, I want you to think about two issues. Is salvation by faith or works? Now, we're talking to the, everybody in here who knows all the answers to this. But you may find a verse that somebody would bring you and say, well, what does this one say? And you could look at it and go, well, hmm. So is, it, is salvation by faith or by works? We would all say it's by faith. Is our salvation secure or can we lose our salvation? So we want to look at John chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus is talking and he talks about the, the, he's talking to his people and he's talking about the son and what's going to happen and the father loves the son and all of those things. And then he says in verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him, there it is, the word of God believes, believes Christ, whoever believes Christ and, and believes him who sent me, has what? Has eternal life. You believe in him for eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Now, this verse tells us three aspects. You believe, faith, salvation by faith, it's not works, and, and he gives us three things. Whoever believes has Present tense, it's eternal life forever. It's present tense in this passage. When do you get eternal life? When do you get it? The exact moment you believe, it's present tense. And he says, and we'll never come into judgment. That's future. Will we ever come into any kind of judgment? No. Now, we might come, what we call the great white throne judgment, that's rewards. We're not talking about judgment for sin or anything like that. We've trusted in Christ. We have, we, we believed in Christ for eternal life. So, Present tense, we have it right then. In the future, we'll never come into judgment. And in the past, he says, because we've already passed out of what? Death into life. He's given us life, eternal life, spiritual life. All of that ties together. So let me just say this. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you have right then eternal life. In the future, you will never come into any kind of judgment. And because in the past, you've already been born again, you've been changed, you've gone from death to life. So when we look at that, we see this. Salvation is by faith. It is not by works. It's whoever believes. And salvation is eternal. He gives eternal life, and you shall never perish. We all know John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, faith in him, will not perish but have what? Eternal life. So that's it, really. Salvation is by faith. Whoever believes in him will never perish but has eternal life. Sometimes the Bible will actually put it, the positive and the negative. Have eternal life, never perish. Perish is the negative. You'll never perish, you'll have eternal life. Over and over and over. So this is really, really the key. And so salvation is, is by faith. So there, here's the question. There are some passages that look like you might, you might have to do good works to be saved. Or there's some passages that look like you could lose your salvation. I mean, and, and Hebrews chapter 6 says, having fallen away, it's impossible to renew you to repentance. James chapter 2 says, faith without works is dead. And Galatians says, you've fallen from grace. What do all that mean? Well, we say, well, we know eternal life is eternal, so do you, can you lose your salvation? The answer is no. And we know that salvation is by faith. Is it by works? So what do these things mean? There are some passages that look like you must do good works to be saved. There are some passages that look like you might, could lose your salvation. 
So let's go back to the bottom line, and that's the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is how the perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. Beginning at the beginning of the Bible, mankind sinned and fell short of God's glory, moved away, and God came and said, I'm going to provide a way to save you. I'm going to provide a redeemer, the seed of woman who will crush the head of the serpent, who ultimately is the seed of Abraham, who is the son of David, who is the son of man, who is the son of Mary, who is the son of God, who is the Lamb of God. That's who he is. That's the flow through the Bible. That's who Jesus is. And God says, I've got, I'm the perfect God, and I'm going to bring you back to myself using the Son. Jesus Christ comes to the earth, dies on the cross to pay for all sin, removes the sin barrier, and then makes it possible that a person will be saved simply by faith. Now, in our church, and we talk about this all the time, so this is not new, we talk about the gospel. There are three parts to the gospel. There's the gospel message, the response, and the offer. We say the gospel is good news. There are a lot of gospels in the Scripture there are a lot of places, there's a gospel of the kingdom. There's an eternal gospel which found in the book of Revelation. So when you see the word gospel, it simply means good news. But we're talking about the gospel dealing with eternal life salvation. And there is a gospel, there's a message, there's a response, and there's an offer. The message, what, what do we tell them? What is the message we tell them? What is the response? What does God want them to do? And what is the offer? What is the promise? And so we already know that the message is that Jesus died and rose again. He died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again. The response is to believe in him for, what is the offer? Eternal life. Let me say something that might bother some of you, and we'll get in more details later, but you're not saved by believing Jesus died and rose again. He died and rose again for every human being. That doesn't save people. You're saved because you believe in him for what? Eternal life. So just get that. We're gonna, I'll talk more about that. And we can raise that questions. And, and in fact, a lot of times, if we want to, I'll try to maybe go shorter time here and leave more time for questions before we break into the grow groups. Uh, but the bottom line is Jesus died and rose again to pay for sin, to conquer death. He did that for every human being. So that doesn't save people. Salvation is by faith in Christ for eternal life. Those three things. By faith in Jesus for eternal life. That's the bottom line. So what is the offer? To, uh, eternal life, to believe in him. So let me quickly give you, the First Corinthians 15 is a good place to just look at what is the idea of the death and resurrection of Christ. In First Corinthians 15, it's the resurrection passage. And so he's really dealing about resurrection there and what happens if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we wouldn't have any kind of salvation. But he does say, here is this gospel that Jesus died for our sins according to scripture and he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. That's the gospel message. What is the response? And that is to believe in him. That's, I mean, that's what it boils down to, to believe in him uh, for eternal life. Romans 1 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who what? Everyone who what? Believes. John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that so, whosoever would believe. Galatians 2, 16, knowing a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ by believing over and over and over. John 6, 47, whoever believes has eternal life. John 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, and that's what he goes on and on and on. So one of the things you have to grasp is that the message is we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. What if a person said, well, I just, I'm going to believe in Jesus and I'll be saved. And I go, saved? What do you mean saved? What does that mean? Saved from what? And so they might go on and say, well, I'm saved. Are you going to go to heaven? Yeah, I'm going to go to heaven. Uh, forever? Yeah, okay, so you're saying you believe it in Christ for 
eternal life. You see, it's not just believing in Christ. It's not even believing he died and rose again. It's believing in him that his offer, his offer is what? Eternal life. So we got to get this. It's really, it's really a little bit complicated, but it's the way it goes. And we've talked about this many times. So the response is to believe this message. Uh, God wants everyone to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And what is the offer? The offer is eternal life. John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only God. Whosoever believes will never perish, but get what? Eternal life. I love 1 Timothy. I'm going I'm to read this for you so that you know I'm not making anything up. But anyway, 1 Timothy 1, 16, Paul says this. He's talking about it's a trustworthy statement and deserving full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came, to save us. Paul says, and I'm the top one. So as bad as you are, you're number two. You can never, you're not going to be number one. And then he goes on to say, yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost sinner, Christ Jesus might demonstrate for an example those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul says, I'm the example of people who believe in Jesus for eternal life. So we got to grasp that. That is a key. We believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And so uh, there, there are oh, many great verses. John 5, 24, which we saw it, has eternal life, will never come into condemnation. 6, 47, whoever believes has eternal life. The end of the Gospel of John 20, he says, there are many other signs Jesus did, but these are written that you might believe, might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing you might have what? Life. And he, of course, is referring to eternal life. And so I hope our body, our group, grasp what is our message Jesus died and rose again. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. It's that simple. And that's what it is. So, so with that, we now move to the idea of security. Is a person secure in Christ when he believes in Jesus Christ for eternal life? Now, let me ask you a question. What's the offer? Believe in Jesus for what? Eternal life. So the moment they believe in Jesus for eternal life, what do they have? Are they secure forever? What do they have? When does he give it to them? Right then. So anybody that believes in Christ for eternal life and understands that says, I believe that Jesus gives me eternal life, are they saved forever? And, and should they be, should they have assurance of that salvation? Sometimes people don't. Sometimes they'll believe in Jesus and they say, I'm, I've got eternal life. And somebody will come along after them and they'll say something like, well, you can't really know for sure. And you, don't, you better look at your lifestyle. And before you know it, they've lost their assurance. People can lose their assurance. They can't lose their eternal life, but they can be, they can be confused. Uh, Zane Hodges wrote a book called The Gospel Under Siege, and at the very start of the book, he has a little story about a guy who believes in Christ for eternal life, and he's all pumped and excited, and he meets a guy who is supposed to be a theologian, and he tells this theologian, guess what, last night I believed in Christ, I have eternal life, I know I'm going to heaven, and the guy says, well, you can't say that because you can't know for sure because you have to look at your life, see if you live it out. And by the time it's all over, this young guy who was so pumped is now saying, gee, I hope I'm saved. So it can happen. You can have eternal life and know you have eternal life and then you get confused. And, and there, maybe there are many people that maybe you talk to and you might say to them, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? They say something like, I hope so. And you say, no, you can know. You can know. So if I asked you, if you died, will you go to heaven? What are you going to say? Yes. You better say yes, right? We'll flog you if you don't say yes. Well, but anyway, that's the, the bottom line. 
So let's talk about security. Is a person secure in Jesus Christ when he believes in Christ for eternal life? Yeah, the answer is yes. In fact, the, the, uh, he says, I give you eternal life. John 10, 28, I give you eternal life. First John 5, he who has the Son has life. Who does not have the Son alive, that I have life. Things are written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. So we can all know it. I've had people say, well, you really can't know if you're saved. Of course you can What's the promise that God said? I promise you eternal life. You believe in him, what do you get? Eternal life. You can know you have eternal life. It never, never ends. So understand that when one believes in Jesus for eternal life, the Bible states that they have eternal life and they are secure in Christ forever. John 10, 27 through 30, you said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish. Nobody can pluck out of my hand. And my father who gave them is greater than all. Nobody can pluck them out of my father's hand. You're not just held, you're not holding on to God, by the way. Just remember that. It's not your faithfulness. It's Jesus, it's the father and the son holding on to you. You think you're walking across the street just holding on to Jesus? The father too. You're in his hand. You could say, I'm running. No, you're not running anywhere. You can't. You're safe. You're safe. And you need to live like you're saved. And that's, that's the key. So I wanted to give, uh, before we break, or, and if we, if we get through here before 10, 10, 10, 10, 12, whatever we might, we could open up for a few questions if you want to. But there's three big issues that when we think about eternal life and salvation, all that, the three issues, what does eternal life mean? I've had people say, well, eternal life can end. Can eternal life end? I mean, you can't. As Charles Ryrie, who was the, the, probably, I think, the greatest theologian of the 20th century, and uh, he would say, he'd say, if eternal life is not forever, it has the wrong name. And it's true. It, it, God would have to say, I give you life for a while. I give you temporary life. We all know people that believe that you can lose your salvation. They can say, I'm saved, but if I don't live right, I lose it. Or if I do some horrible sin, I could lose it. Or if I don't do enough good things, maybe I never had it. They don't understand what eternal life is. If you have eternal life, if you are the worst person in the world and you have eternal life, you cannot lose eternal life. It's a gift from God. It's His promise. And... And so when a person says, well, you could lose eternal life, you're saying, well, you don't understand what eternal life means. The promise is eternal life. So what does eternal life mean? And, and so the question, how long is eternal life? How long is it? I mean, it's forever. So think about this. What's going to happen to you? One of these days, if you don't die physically, if you die physically, the body will go in the grave, and to be absent from the body is you'll be with him. But one of these days, he could come in the clouds with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, dead in Christ arise. We, we changed immediately. We caught up together with him. And then it says, we'll always be with him. And so we're with him. And there's all down on the earth and we don't know what it's going to be like, whether there'll be time or no time, whether we're up there and it seems like one minute and then we're ready to go back down or whether we'll actually see seven years on the earth and the tribulation, who knows. But one of these days, then we're going to come back with him and we're coming back to this earth to rule in a kingdom, to serve in a kingdom. And we hope that he'll say, well done, good and faithful service and we'll serve. We're going to always be with him. That's why it's eternal. And then at the end of that, there'll be a great white throne judgment. Then there'll be the eternal state and a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem, and, all, and we'll be with him forever. That's what eternal life is. Eternal life is an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ forever. 
The second big thing is either salvation is by grace or it's by works. It cannot be both. There are people who will say, well, you need to believe in Jesus and be saved, but you have to do good works to, to stay saved. Well, it's not both. If it's grace, it's no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. You cannot add one work in there. And, and you'd be surprised. Let me tell you, guys, in, in, in our church, we're saying, we know all this. We're pumped. But think how many people do not know this. And that's why, as we look at these hard passages, you need to be ready to give an answer to everyone for the hope that is within us, that we can be able to do that. That's the plan. Either, either God is faithful, or his promises, or it's based on our faithfulness, okay? And it's not. Third, there are clear verses that tell us we have eternal life. John 3, 16, 1 John 5, John 20, John 6, 47, John 11. Uh, one of these days, I'd like to take John 11 to show you that because he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Resurrection, bodily resurrection, and the life, eternal life. And he says, even those who believe in me, even if you die, you will live again. That's resurrection. And then he says, and those who believe in me will never die. That's spiritual life. He gives it both right there in John 11, uh, 24, 25, and 26. You ought to look at that verse sometimes. And he look, turns to Martha and says, do you believe this? And she says, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Yep, she believes it. So there are clear verses that, that show us uh, this. Okay, so what do we do? Let's understand the foundation for dealing with the hard passages. What do we have to do? We have to go, understand the salvation always by grace through faith is not works. So when you look at a passage and it looks like works, what should you say? I may not know what it says, but I know what it doesn't say. Because it doesn't say that. I know that the Bible has verse after verse after verse after verse after verse that says it's faith alone and Christ alone for eternal life. And when this verse says something like, uh, I say, I may not know what it means, but I know what it doesn't mean. Second, eternal life means forever. When it says they've fallen from grace, or when you, they've fallen from your own steadfastness, or uh, it's, pos it's impossible to renew them again, or there remains no sacrifice for sin. And you see these verses, and you say, what does that mean? Does that mean that you could be saved and then lose it? There are warning passages all over the Bible. And they're not warning that you're going to lose salvation. They're warning that you're going to lose rewards. That's what it's all about. So just remember that. Second, let's be ready to give an answer for what we believe, uh, for the hope that is within us. And that's one reason we study it. We're going to study the hard passages, see how they fit together, write stuff down. Um, I get people, one, one, I don't know, we did our hard passages like maybe 20 years ago. And I get people all the time emailing me that they're, they're, they're watching the old study, you know, and listening to the old study. And they're saying that that's the first time I ever understood that passage. So, so it, they can help us, you know, if you, uh, we're this is going to be recorded and we'll, it'll replace the old one, but uh, we, we won't replace the old one until the new one's completed. And then um, in love, stand for the truths of the word of God. You're going to talk to people and you're going to say to them, when you believe in Jesus, you trust in him for eternal life and you're saved forever. And they say, I don't believe that. And don't say to them, well, you're an idiot. In love, say, let me show you how the Bible fits together. Let me show you how this passage, what this passage means. Okay. So, in love, stand for the truths of God's word. Okay. Uh, 
Let's do this. Let's take two or three minutes. Anybody got a question? Anything before we break and go to grow groups? Do you got any? Yes. So expound on belief because if I know it's not a head knowledge, but it's a heart knowledge. No. No, you're actually opposite. It is a head knowledge. You believe with your mind. Belief is being assured of something, being certain of something, being persuaded of something. So you believe that Jesus, you, you believe in a proposition. What is the proposition? That Jesus Christ gives you what? Eternal life. You believe that. And that's what faith actually is. Uh, some people say, well, you can believe in your mind, but you got to believe in your heart. There's no such thing as that in Scripture anywhere. You always believe with your mind. That's where you believe anything. And so belief is certainty. Belief is taking God at his word. Belief is, is uh, uh, being assured of, of something that's true. So you are assured that Jesus Christ gives you eternal life. Is that right? Yeah. So you believed in him for eternal life. But as you have your daily walk with him, you study the scripture, you learn more belief. Exactly. Now, yeah, you're talking Christian life, and you're saying, now what I want to do is I want to know the Bible. I want to know him. And that's where Paul says that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. And he's not talking about knowing for salvation because you already know him for salvation. He's given you eternal life. You believe that. Now you're saying, I want to grow. I want to know him. I want to know everything about him. I want to know everything about I can from the Bible. Does that make sense? Okay. Any other questions? Still got maybe one more minute? Yes. Okay, I'm going to come over here because I'm old. Okay. It's about uh, the people who say, Lord, Lord, uh -huh. it goes away from me, I never knew you. Yeah. What's the deal okay. with those people? That's a great, she talks about the passage in Matthew 7, about people who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we know you? We're going to use that, we're going to get to that passage, but let me quickly tell you, that passage, if you read Matthew 7, is talking about false prophets, and they come, and, and then the, he says they come as wolves and sheep's clothing, so that they look good or look bad. They look good, but they have a bad message. And when he says, you shall know them by their fruits, their fruits is their message. And that's when they come to him, and we think that's they're coming to him at what we call the great white throne judgment. And they say, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? And he says, I never knew you. They're false prophets. And how can you tell a false prophet? You may not can tell from lifestyle, but how can you tell? You can tell from their message, and that's what that passage is about. We'll get a lot more details. Does that help a little bit? Okay. Maybe I should stop. Okay, yeah, oh, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. Who is it? Is it Drew? Okay, my man Drew. Okay, say that again. What does it mean where it says believers are secure in Christ? Okay, what is it? Okay, that's a great, great question. What does it mean that believers are secure in Christ? That means that when you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, that exact moment you have eternal life and you are secure forever, meaning you could never lose it, you're going to always be with Jesus, he's always your savior, you always have eternal life. Does that, that help? That's what secure, security just means, you're safe. And so when you believe in Jesus, you're safe forever with Jesus Christ. That's a great question. Great question.